You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hello, welcome again to our broadcast today as we go into the Word of God. I believe that you're going to be blessed today like at other times. And uh, I just want you to open your spirit and let the Holy Spirit speak to you through His Word this morning. So we're going to the Word. We're going to look at the book of Jude. Uh, we titled this Contending for the Faith. Okay. Contending for the Faith. Jude is just one chapter. Uh, it's just one chapter. Jude is a half-brother of, uh, of Jesus. It's, and um, just like James, you know, James was one of the brothers of Jesus. Jesus had several brothers. There are some people that teach that Mary remained a virgin for the rest of her life. And um, I find it strange. But let's look at the Bible and uh, let's look at the scripture in the book of uh, Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6, I want us to, to just look at a, ver a few verses there in Mark chapter 6. And then we're going to... We're going to see here that um, Jesus, the Bible says in verse 3, in verse 3, people were saying, is this not the carpenter? Remember, this is in Nazareth. This is in Nazareth in his hometown where everybody knew him. The Bible actually says he couldn't do mighty works there. All right? He couldn't. In fact, I read from verse 2. It says, when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Then verse 3 says, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and not his sisters here with us. So they were offended at him. So the people are saying, they, 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 they're saying, look, look at this guy. He, he, he grew up right before us. And um, are these not his, his brothers with us? You know, is he not the son of Mary? And you see there the least four boys four boys. One of them is Judas, which is another uh, way of saying Jude. So one of his brothers, okay, remember, Jesus, Jesus' father is God, all right? Um, but uh, his mother was Mary. And uh, the brothers and the other siblings, their father was Joseph and the mother um, Mary. So that's who Jude is. That's who Jude is. He's the half-brother of Jesus. Although he introduces himself in Jude chapter 1, verse 1, he says, Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. So in that place in, in, um, in, in, in Mark that we just read, James is one of those. James is... Is, um, 
is, is one of those that is mentioned in that book, okay, in the book of Mark. And remember again, these people, these half-brothers of Jesus didn't believe in Jesus during his earthly ministry. They actually didn't believe him. There's a scripture in John chapter 7. Let's read that uh, before we get into what we have to share today. In John chapter 7, his, um, his brothers were not, they were not really believers. And in fact, they, they actually um, used to disrupt his ministry as tradition, uh, as tradition puts it. So let's, let's read John chapter 7 and I'll read verse 3 of chapter 7. All right. He says, um, His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe him. So that's the background. You didn't believe while Jesus was on earth. He didn't believe, neither did James, Joseph, Simon, and the sisters. Their names are not mentioned. Um, so these guys, they, they saw Jesus grow up. And um, they actually didn't like Jesus. <laughs> Tradition has it that they didn't like Jesus. Why? Jesus was just too perfect. He was perfect. So he was now the standard that was being used <laughs> to, to judge his brothers. So uh, they could never measure up. Imagine such pressure. Having Jesus growing up in the same house with Jesus and your parents are seeing this boy is just an angel, just perfect, never gets anything wrong, always got everything right and you are there. It was, it was quite uh, an interesting environment that they grew up in, okay? So, but after the resurrection, after the resurrection, I don't want to go into those scriptures, but after the resurrection, Jesus appears to his brothers. That's when they now believed, okay? Jude and uh, James, all his brothers now believe when they saw, I mean, they saw him being crucified, and then they saw him alive again. And so they believed. And, um, and uh, e e even the sisters, the tra tradition has it that the sisters, that the sisters actually married uh, ministers, some of the disciples of Jesus. And so they were also involved in ministry. So the entire family was involved in ministry. Okay. So here we see Jude is writing, but I like the way he introduces himself. He calls himself a bond servant of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, if it, were, if it were some of us, if it were me, let me just say, I would just say a brother of Jesus, Jude, a brother, a half-brother of Jesus. But no, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that he. He reveres Jesus, you know, so much, so much that he wouldn't even want to put him on this. Uh, on the same level, you know, and he, he calls himself a bond servant of Jesus, a bond servant of Jesus Christ 
and a brother of James. Okay, you see. So he calls himself a brother of James, but a born servant of Jesus. What, what humility, what honor uh, that he had for Jesus. He honored him so much. He, he was not familiar with Jesus. No, he had, he, although they're, they're from the same womb, but he saw Jesus in his ministry and in his office as the Messiah, as the Christ, all right? The Christ, the risen one. So he would not put himself on the same level, but he would see himself as, he would introduce himself because he saw himself that way as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. And he says, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. It's interesting that his, his greeting, his opening greeting is different from other epistles, you see, where um, normally you see grace, peace. Um, but he says mercy, peace, and love. Now, at the time of this writing, I want you to know that there were a lot of false teachers. There are a lot of people who had deviated. They had deviated from the faith. They had deviated from the truth. A lot of teachers had perverted the truth. So this, this message, all right, although it has, it has a historical application, but I want you to know that it has a contemporary application to us today. Prophetically, it is speaking to us. And when you read this book, it will seem as if Jude were part of our generation the way he is, some of the things that he begins to point out. So those are the things I want to highlight as we, as we go um, in this, in this word, in this message. All right? So verse 3, look at verse 3. He says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Guys, brothers and sisters, I actually set up, when I sat down to start writing, my intention was to write to you about our common salvation, the salvation that we all enjoy because of what Jesus has done. So I set out to write to you about that, but the Holy Spirit changed my plans. Changed my plans. My plan was to write to you about our salvation, our common salvation, our shared salvation. But now I, am, I find it necessary to exhort you, to encourage you, all right, to stir you up.
to, 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 to motivate you, all right, to, 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 to direct you towards what? Contending earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So this faith that was delivered to the saints is something worth contending for. This was what the Holy Spirit wanted him to emphasize rather than just our common salvation, but the faith that was delivered. He wants James to share that and I'm bringing the same message to us today. It's time to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Once and for all delivered to the saints. So this faith, I'm talking about the teachings, the faith. I'm reminded of a scripture in Galatians chapter, chapter 2 verse 20. Where it says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Okay? He says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It is no longer I that live. It is Christ that lives in me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's the faith that was once delivered. That's the faith that Jude is telling them to contend for. All right, he says, he's, he, he, so he now begins to highlight some of the issues, some of the problems, some of the challenges that, that were prevailing in his time. And you would see that we are faced with similar challenges today. All right, he says, verse 4, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They have turned the grace of God into lewdness. And, uh, King James says they've turned it into lasciviousness. They've turned the grace of God into lewdness. In other words, they've turned the grace of God into license, into license for sin. They've turned the grace of God, the message of grace is what has been used to, uh, to, to, to make provision for a lifestyle that, 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 that does not reflect our common, uh, the faith that was delivered to us. So Jude is emphasizing the lifestyle. He's emphasizing the lifestyle of these people. And you would see that, you know, the, 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 the message, these guys were teachers. They were people that were going around the churches and teaching people and they were teaching about grace and you know it's like Jesus has forgiven you your past sins have been forgiven your present sins even your future sins have been forgiven so it doesn't matter how you live 
You are under grace. You see, this thing didn't start today. It's been on since the time of the early church. And so Jude is writing to, to, um, uh, to highlight this and to bring the, this to the attention of the saints. Because it was a problem. It was a problem at that time. So they, 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 were, they, were, people, they were people who were living uh, a life of lewdness. I want to read that word lewdness. The same, the, 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 the same word is used in, in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, verse 3, it says, For we have spent enough of our past life in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. So that word, lewdness, means debauchery okay it means debauchery and uh, uh, unashamed unashamed indecency that's what the, the word means so these people the what they they're teaching the gospel the the they teaching the grace message but then the product their lifestyle and the product was unashamed indecency Unbridled lust, unrestrained depravity. Oh my goodness! These are these, that's the meaning from the Greek word that is 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 um, is the Greek word for lewdness. So that's what Jude is 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 confronting people who are using the name of the Lord, using the word of God. And yet, living a life of a lack of restraint, indiscipline, lack of holiness, lack of purity, just loose and using the, 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 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and turning it into license for sin. And by so doing, their lifestyle. By their lifestyle, they are denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus. They are denying God by their lifestyle. Not by their words, but by their lifestyle. Their lifestyle is also speaking. The way you live your life speaks as well. If you are a man and a woman of faith, it must show in your life. It should show in your life. So we're contending for that faith that was once delivered. That faith that regulated the lives of the saints. We need it in our generation today. We need it in our generation today. Okay. So, uh, so that's what, that's what uh, uh, James is dealing with. I'm reminded of the scripture in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul made a, uh, made a very, very significant um, uh, statement. Sorry, 
First uh, Timothy chapter four. He says, "Now, verse one, First Timothy chapter four, verse one he says, "Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith." Can you see? Some will depart from the faith. Now, these people are still in church, but they have departed from the faith. They've departed from the faith. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So, there are doctrines, there are teachings of demons. Teachings that, that will give excuses they will give excuses why you should not live in obedience. They give reasons why you should not live under the lordship of Jesus. They give you adequate reasons. These are the people. These are the people. This, this, was, this is what Paul is talking about and that's what James is dealing with. James seems to be focusing on the lifestyle um, but Paul seems to be focusing on the doctrine, the teaching itself. Teaching. There's a teaching that produces a certain behavior. Okay? Yeah. So, the teachings, what you listen to matters. Let me tell you, folks. Not everybody is worth your attention. You need to be wise. These are the days that the Bible warned us of. So if you are going to remain in the faith, Jesus says when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith? Will he find the faith that he left, that he delivered to the saints? Will he find that faith? Or will it be a different kind of faith? Will it be a faith that does not reflect on the lifestyle of people? Or will it be the faith that, that models the teachings of, of, of Christ? Alright, so he says in the last days, which we are in right now. In fact, we are in the last of the last days, you know. So if the last day started 2,000 years ago, imagine what we are. Maybe not even the last day. We were probably in the last hour of the last day. No? So, um, uh, he, he, he says that many would, uh, some will depart from the faith. They will give heed to deceiving spirits. Let me tell you, there is more deception today than, <laughs> than ever before. All right. So you can see that even the, the world we're living in, there is a lot of deception. There's a lot of deception in media. There's a lot of deception in education. There, there's a lot of deception in the culture, popular culture now. And, and, and now um, truth is being modified to suit our culture. You have to be politically correct now. All right, and uh, there are certain scriptures that are no more relevant. Okay, yes. So there are certain things that God calls ab abomination that now we have smart theologians who have come up with ways 
ways of explaining those things. Can you imagine such nonsense? <laughs> I came across uh, a theologian that was, was, was talking about how, you know, Adam was actually uh, uh, a transgender because before God made Eve, he was transgender. Then after that, you know, after he made Eve, he now separated them. So, but before that, he was transgender. That's an abomination. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Yeah. So, so because of that, there is, you know, there are different abominable teachings that some of these smart professors have come up with to, 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 to excuse, to excuse the, the, the wrong choices of people. And now, uh, uh, when, when we start giving heed to those kind of people, I'm telling you, if you are not careful, you will be swept away because they are very articulate, they're very smart, they know how to, how to, how to communicate well, and of course, they are, they've got popularity. So you need to be careful giving heed to, to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And then in verse 2 says, speaking lies in his hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with hot iron. So their conscience is seared with hot iron. You know what that means? That means they don't get convicted by the Holy Spirit anymore. The Holy Spirit has warned them over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they've kept disobeying, disobeying, disobeying and insisting on their ways and insisting on this new wave of, of, of teaching that, that is twisting the truth. And, 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 and they embrace that, you know. They suppress the truth long enough to become, begin to believe a lie. So God gives them up to a debased mind. That's what the Bible says. So Jude is dealing with this kind of people. Alright? So he says, but I want to remind you, verse 5, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So here, Jude is now, not only has he shown the, pro the problem, okay, the, 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 the problem of people who have deserted, they've, they've defected, you know, they've defected, they've deserted the truth, they've departed from the truth. The people who do not believe and embrace and embrace the faith that was delivered, the teachings, the sound apostolic teachings that were delivered, they did not embrace that. The people that departed from that and went for the new latest, um, latest revelation, <laughs> latest revelation that has departed from what the apostles taught, 
Those people. Yeah. He say, look, remember in the Old Testament, he now gives examples. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, God delivered the people from Egypt. To us, Egypt is type of the world. It's a type of the world. God delivered them from Egypt. Okay? The same people that God delivered from Egypt, when they did not believe God, God destroyed them in the wilderness. They, they died. God <laughs> killed them in the wilderness. When they did not believe, they were not allowed to enter into the land of promise. So he's saying, look at, if God did this, don't think that you have this, you know, you have this grace that once saved, always saved. So it doesn't matter how you live your life. The same way God did to the, to the Israelites, whom he delivered with a mighty outstretched arm from Egypt. He went through all of that to deliver them. But when they refused to believe, they perished. The same God, he has not changed. Okay, he has not changed. So, many people feel that, oh, well, you know. In fact, there are even theologians today who are, who are questioning the existence of hell. Can you imagine the existence of hell is, oh no, everybody's going to go to heaven, but you will be given, you'll be put in a place where uh, you, you'll be given room to repent. Where is that from? Those are doctrines of demons. Those are doctrines of demons. But people are, people, people, people have fallen for this. And you see, you see, and, and that begins to impact the way people live their lives. They start living without the fear of God. They start living without the fear of God. So, the same God who judged the people whom he saved out of Egypt is the same God today. He has saved us from the world by the blood of Jesus. But if we fail to believe and to continue in the faith, we are not going to be exempt. Otherwise, God will have to apologize to those people. You'll have to apologize to them, but I'm telling you, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. It matters. I'm not saying you should, uh, the way you live will, will, is, is what will get you saved. But I'm saying that you can depart from the path of salvation. You can depart from the path of salvation. Like these people. Like these people that, that Jude was, was talking about. And then he goes in verse 6 to say, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So not only the people that God delivered, you know, God judged, but even the angels, even the angels who left their domain, 
If you read uh, Genesis chapter 6, you see that the angels who left their domain and went to, 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 to marry the daughters of men. Angels are not allowed to do that. So they left their domain and went to do that and God chained them. God chained them. The same God is alive today. He says, I'm the Lord, I change not. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, we need to contend for the faith. And here in this context, I'm, the, the faith I'm talking about is the teachings, the word that we have, that God has given to us. Hold on to it. Contend for it. Fight for it. Live it. Let your life reflect your doctrine. Let your life reflect your doctrine. Okay. And then he gives another example. He's, he's going back in history now. Okay. He's going back in history and he's telling them, look, this is the problem that we are facing. All right. This is a problem. People are living like this and uh, the grace of God has been taken and has been pushed beyond its boundaries. You know, and, and the, these are examples, historical examples of people who experienced the grace of God but went beyond and crossed the line. Crossed the line and this is what happened to them. Then he says, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So that's another historical example. So um, God did not spare them. God did not spare them. Those guys, I mean, in Sodom, it was terrible, terrible in Sodom. Can you imagine when, when the angels went to Sodom to rescue Lot, these men wanted to rape the angels. These men wanted to rape the angels. And I don't even understand, Lot even offered his daughters to them. Can you imagine, Lot has been so influenced by the culture of the city that his mind has now been so debased that he wants to offer his daughters to these men. Righteous Lord, righteous Lord, now offers his daughters to these men. Can you imagine that? And, 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 and the men refused. Thank God they refused. You know, if they had not refused, what kind of testimony is that? So that's what happens when you feed too much on the culture, you feed too much in the media, you feed too much in what society is saying, you wouldn't know when your faith begins to wear out. Begins to wear out. That's what happened to Lot in Sodom. The Bible talks about him, his, his, uh, uh, the scene in the, in, in the city vexed his righteous soul. It vexed his soul. So what is happening now? We're living in the hour of darkness. We're living, we're living in, a, in a time that evil is being called good and good is being called evil. 
And they're repeating it again and again and again and again. And if you stay there, just keep hearing it, keep hearing it, it will get to a point. It will start making sense to you. It will start making sense to you. So we're contending for the faith. We need to stand for what we believe. And we need to block out, block out anything that is going is, is, is gonna to clash with our faith. Everywhere now. Everywhere. There's so much going out. So much misinformation on a level that the earth has never seen before. What is going on? What is going on? You turn on the TV, you see it. You turn, you, you, you go online, <laughs> you see it. You go on the streets, you see it. Everywhere. Everywhere. So now people are getting to a point where even though it is wrong, but their consciences have been seared, and so they just go with the flow. My friend, my brother, my sister, are you going to go with the flow or are you going to contend for the faith? Are you going to discard your faith and, 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 and become trendy? Huh? Are you going to discard your faith and become trendy? Or are you going to stand? For the word of God. Are you going to stand for the word of God? I don't know about you. I want to stand for the word of God. Even at the expense of my life. At the expense of my life. I want to stand for the word of God. Amen. So I don't want to modify the truth. I don't want to modify my values. My values to now conform with the culture. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, uh, uh, verse, 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 verse 1 of Romans chapter 1 says, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And then verse 2 he says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One of the problems is that these people, they didn't, they, they didn't continue to renew their minds. They were taking in more from the world than from the word. Are you taking more of the world than the word? Be careful, be careful. You don't want to stand, you don't want to stand before the Lord on the judgment day, and then they now do a log of your life. And the Lord brings it out and say, Okay, fine, let's look at your life. Um, how many hours in your life did you dedicate to the word of God? Um, two thousand hours. <laughs> how many hours did you dedicate to TV? Wow. 50,000 hours. How many hours did you dedicate to recreation? Oh, that one is even more. 70,000 hours. How many hours did you dedicate to 
social, uh, your social life, socialization. How many, how many hours? And then they break it down. How many hours did you give to prayer? How many hours did you give to prayer? And they break it down and see. Hmm. 500 hours. All your lifetime. All the time you've put in prayer is 500 hours. What? And the word. Just 2,000 hours in the word. No wonder you didn't have the strength. No wonder you didn't have the capacity to resist. To resist the influence of the world around you. Because you didn't, you were not taking in. You're just, you're just feeding on social media, feeding on social media, feeding on what people are saying, feeding on gossip, feeding on, you know, let's, let's please take time, contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints. Take time, feed on the word. Make it a point on a daily basis, okay, for the rest of your life, Every single day, make sure you get into the word of God. On a daily basis, let your mind receive the word of God. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. If you don't take enough of the word in you, you will become like Lot. Okay, Although he is righteous, but. His, his value system had diminished to a level where he was ready to give his daughters to this wicked man. You don't want to be like that. You don't want to be like that because I have news for you. The world is still, is still, uh, is still getting darker and darker. People are going to get more evil. People are going to get more wicked. What are you going to do? Join them and become as wicked as them? No. The light must shine. Let me tell you something. There is nowhere that darkness was able to defeat light. Nowhere. So take the word of God in on a daily basis. If you are going to stand in these days that we are living in, if you are going to prevail in these days that we are living in, you need to invest in your spiritual life. Invest in your faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. If you don't hear the word, make it a point to hear the word on a daily basis. And not only that, make a point to connect with God on a daily basis. In prayer. Prayer is not just something you do, by the way. No, no. Build capacity. Build your faith in the word of God. Build your faith in God. So when the world is crying, there's no hope. You are seeing hope. You'll be seeing different from the rest of the world around you. And that's how people, uh, people like Abraham in the midst of Canaan. Canaan was full of abominations. Wickedness iniquity, lawless people. But yet Abraham was able to maintain his faith. He was able to maintain, remain 
you know, in, in his integrity and all of that. He was able to uphold that. And that's the kind of example God wants us to maintain. All right? So, well, I, I, I want you to contend. I want you to really see that what James was dealing with is exactly what we're facing today, but in, on, a, in, on a higher proportion. Think of it this way. You remember the story of Elijah? Elijah, when, um, when farming was ending, and he, he, he told Ahab, um, uh, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Okay? He says, go so that the rain does not um, delay you. Okay? So he goes up and he begins to pray. He goes to Mount Carmel and he prays and prays. He prays seven times. And he tells his servant, go look out. What do you see? The servant says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. So it came so small, but then there was a downpour. So what is happening here now is that during the time of James, all these atrocities, all this evil, all this lawlessness, this lasciviousness was about the size of a man's hand. In our generation, now it's a downpour. <laughs> it's a downpour in our generation. But we need to be strong. Be strong in the faith. This is the time you need to fear God more than ever before. Okay? Because remember, God has not changed. The way he dealt with them, when they came out of Egypt and would not believe God, is the way God is still going to be today. He has not changed. We thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God Jesus has um, laid his life down. He was judged on our behalf so that we are not judged. But then, if we depart, if we depart from the faith, I'm telling you, we're not going to escape. There's no escape. Don't believe the lie. Once saved, always saved. That is a, one of the biggest lies from the pit of hell. My time is up. But I want to pray for you to strengthen your faith. Father, I pray for your people right now. I ask, oh God, that you would, you would strengthen them. Strengthen them in their convictions. Strengthen them in the faith. Fortify them, oh God. Lord God, let the spirit of this age not have any hold over them. Let it not have any influence over them. In the name of Jesus, let them go from strength to strength, from faith to faith. I bless your name. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if, you, if you're watching this and you're not giving your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I ask, Lord, Lord, that you would uh, before I pray for you, let me lead you in this prayer. Just say this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, come into my heart and make me a brand new person. Thank you, Lord. Receive 
So I receive you. I welcome you into my heart. Amen. Lord, I pray for this person who has just received you. Let your kingdom come upon them. Declare their sins forgiven. Thank you, Father. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we go, you're giving your offering. I want to pray for you. You've given, you're also covered in this. Um, Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your people as they give their offerings, Lord God. Those who have given, those who are giving. I ask for increase, financial wisdom. I ask for increase in their lives. Lord, I ask, oh Father, that you would rebuke the devourer even concerning them. And Lord God, I release promotions. I release jobs. I release opportunities. Opportunities, oh Father, for them. Opportunities for growth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you real good. Uh, let's be together again, same time next week. Bless you. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.